0: Welcome back to Amerisogyny. I'm your host, Hannah Blue. You're listening to episode 36, Racism Never Died. There are some people who believe racism is a thing of the past. They say, oh, we're moving backwards. No, you can't move backwards unless you move forward. The civil rights movement might have recognized the rights of black and brown people, but it did not eliminate bias and racism. The subject matter I'm going to talk about today is very heavy, but for the people in these stories who lived it, their experiences were far more catastrophic than someone listening to them. Now, I had a conversation with my sister last night, and I never dreamed it would be the topic of today's podcast. She said she was in Whole Foods when a white woman approached a black woman and said, Oh, what are you going to do with all those bananas? And my sister said she said it very loudly. And the white woman was standing with an employee of Whole Foods Well, when the black woman spoke, as it turns out, she was African. And she told her, my kids and I, we love bananas. But my sister said she stared at the woman. She actually turned around and stared at the woman who said it because she knew exactly what she was doing. And so did I. A microaggression. And here's how she was right. When the white woman saw her glaring at her, she changed the subject. This is why I don't like the term monkey. This is why I have never bought my niece and nephews anything to do with monkeys. No monkey pajamas, no monkey plushy toys, nothing. Because monkey and making monkey sounds, anything to do with a monkey, directed towards black people, is indeed racist and the woman looked all too pleased with herself to approach a stranger and ask such an asinine question but that's the problem with some people they just can't see black and brown people and mind their business they always have to interfere so let's get into the word monkey and why it's so offensive here's something that happened right here in north carolina Virginia State University's women's soccer team says they were called the N-word and had monkey sounds hurled at them. And who did it? Fans of Guilford College. This happened on September 26th when the women came to play at the Greensboro, North Carolina campus. Well, VSU released a statement and said, during the game, the opposing team's fans reportedly yelled the N-word and made monkey noises aimed at our student athletes. While there have been direct apologies to our administration, VSU says that our student athletes also deserve a personal apology. Now Guilford College's president is black, but that doesn't mean anything. I've said it before and I'll say it again. All skin folk and kinfolk. The response from Guilford College was, according to the information that I have already gathered, loud outbursts from a group of spectators included profanity and derogatory remarks towards the Virginia State team. It was in very poor taste and was very poor sportsmanship by anyone's definition. Virginia State parents and other fans observed the behavior and have reached out to me about it. They have also shared on social media their disappointment with Guilford given its stated commitments to diversity, equity, and sportsmanship. Guilford's athletic director, Bill Fulte, reached out to VSU and apologized for the offense. VSU believes the young women deserve an official apology from the institution, faculty, and spectators, and I agree. They say, Many of our student-athletes are freshmen who are just starting their collegiate career and their collegiate athletic career. These types of racially insensitive comments, there's no place in athletics for that. So I'm very saddened because our student-athletes were subjected to this type of incident at Guilford College. Now, don't pat Guilford College on the back just yet because they actually glossed over this incident. The investigation did not discover any evidence that racist remarks were directed by Guilford fans towards VSU players. However, the fact that VSU supporters found the environment to be extremely unwelcoming for their players is of deep concern to the college and resulted in action that has been taken. Now someone reports, I heard these players being called the N-word. And I heard monkey sounds directed towards them. How is that not proof? Do you see what black people have to deal with? And the statement is contradictory because it says the investigation proved that the heckling came from a group of 14 people. That's pretty detailed to me. The school admitted that the probe showed that four students joined in with unsportsmanlike behavior. Let's call it what it is. Racist behavior. Three of those students have since been brought up on student conduct disciplinary action and one student was not allowed to compete in a sporting event because the student's participation in the name calling was a violation of the college's athletics code of conduct. So did they call them names or not? Do you see how the school's response is waffling? They know good and well they called those girls the N-word and made monkey sounds. And they absolutely do deserve an apology. Now think about it. They did this in front of others, out in the open. Think of what is said behind closed doors. Where there's smoke, there's fire, and what's done in the dark comes to light. People, this Amerisogyny train has never left the U.S. And our next stop is Florida. Asphalt paving systems is under fire. The EEOC alleges that APS violated the Civil Rights Act of 1964 by subjecting 12 black former employees to racial harassment in the workplace. And what did they do? Mm. The employees say they were consistently called the N-word and boy by employees and management. And a racist statement was made looking like black monkeys directed towards the black workers. They said they were forced to work in heavy rain while the white employees watched and they were forced to relieve themselves outside while white employees were allowed to use the indoor bathrooms. One of the supervisors, Anthony Buckholtz. Would use the N word at will, and when one of the employees objected, he continued to use it. He actually came to the job site with a friend and said, I ain't ever gonna run from a black N word. This he directed at Kearney, the employee who objected to him using the N word. A foreman named Douglas Henry often called the black employees boy. And when they tried to go somewhere else, he called another potential employer and told them not to hire the men. The men were called Black Boy, Monkey, and Black MF. Another supervisor, Dennis Williams, yeah, I like putting him on blast, was overheard saying the Black paving crew were looking like a bunch of monkeys. And Frederick Cooper, a Black employee, says another employee Mike Whitson called him a monkey directly to his face on a frequent basis. They were also called the S-word and the F-word, derogatory slurs towards gay people, which I don't know if these men were gay or not. And Whitson referred to David Cooper as a dumb N-word. Here's the sickest of all. The company's mechanic, who was being referred to as Jackie, Said to black employees, black is beautiful, tan is grand, but white is the color of the big boss man and said that he was black from the waist down. Now, for those of you who do not understand what that means, (laughs) this ignorant mother almost made me because he's saying that he had a big pecker, which I doubt. The men endured these humiliating conditions, but by March of 2022, all of the Black employees had either resigned from APS or been fired. For the people who say we're moving backwards, this incident happened 60 years after Title VII was enacted. That means racism never stopped. Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and 1991 did not stop anyone from being racist. These 12 men should have never endured that. Not being allowed to use indoor bathrooms. That's what happened before the Civil Rights Act was passed. So when you say, but it's better, at least you have some rights. Think about these 12 black men who showed up to work and their rights were spit on every single day. Our next stop, Fremont, California. Now, why am I not surprised this happened with Tesla? The EEOC has been busy. A black employee who worked for Tesla claims white co-workers and supervisors preferred pronoun, oh yeah, was to use the N-word. Is that what we're doing with pronouns now? How sick is that? Let me give you an example. When they were asked, how do you identify? They said, the N-word. How classy. Here's what's worse. The supervisors and managers witnessed the conduct. They did nothing about it. HR did nothing about it. And the people who blew the whistle were terminated, transferred, or experienced a shift in their job duties. I've always believed Elon Musk is racist, so I am not surprised this happened at one of his plants. That's what you call good old retaliation, folks. And this isn't the first time Tesla has been sued for racial harassment. This year, Owen Diaz, a former employee, was awarded $3.2 million in damages on a racial discrimination case. Here's the kicker. Diaz was initially awarded $137 million in 2021, but a judge said "Mm, that's too much for him and tossed it out. Racism on top of racism. Diaz's lawsuit stated that black workers were called the N-word, monkey, boy, and black bitch. Managers, supervisors, line leads, and production associates engaged in this conduct. And one employee said that white co-workers and one supervisor's preferred pronoun was the N-word. It's sickening, it's perverted, and it happens every single day. EEOC Chair Charlotte Burroughs said, every employee deserves to have their civil rights respected and no worker should endure the kind of racial bigotry our investigation revealed. Today's lawsuit makes clear that no company is above the law, and the EEOC will enforce federal civil rights protections to help ensure American workplaces are free from unlawful harassment and retaliation. The EEOC is seeking punitive damages and back pay for the employees, and I hope they get it. They're also seeking an injunctive relief designed to reform Tesla's employment practices I doubt Tesla is going to change the way they do things. So people, if you work there and you're discriminated against, keep suing. Because that's the only way we're going to get something done when you hurt those pockets. Our next stop, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Baton Rouge Police Department is under fire. Now, a story about racism isn't authentic without good old police brutality. Yes. These crooked cops had a brave cave, a torture warehouse, where they took black detainees, wouldn't let them make phone calls, denied them legal counsel, which is against their right, and subjected them to beatings. Let's put a scarlet R for racism on the following officers. Troy Lawrence Jr., Matthew Wallace, Joseph Carboni, and the police chief. Murphy Paul. And get this. There was an unnamed female officer too. The lawsuit says top people in the department knew about it, but they hid it. Of course they did. Jeremy Lee said officers Lawrence and Wallace detained him without probable cause and beat him so badly he had to go to the hospital. All the officers turned off their body cameras. I'm not surprised. Lee says they beat him and pulled down his pants to search him. And one of the officers told him, I'm about to bat the living crap out of you. No, they do it to women too. Turnell Brown, a grandmother, says she was detained by officers Lawrence and Wallace in June. And she was subjected to an unjustified traffic stop and an illegal body cavity search and they found no contraband, no weapons, no drugs. They performed an illegal cavity search on a black grandmother. How sick is that? When she and her husband filed a complaint, the Baton Rouge PD headquarters said the officers had done nothing wrong and that her treatment was proper. It's proper to search a woman's private parts, and she had done nothing wrong. Officer Lawrence had been suspended for numerous incidents regarding violence against citizens but get this one day after news of the Brave Cave went viral Baton Rouge's mayor shut the facility down and Lawrence was allowed to resign on the same day. Brown and Lee the victims are demanding a trial by jury and are seeking damages and I hope they get them our next stop Portland, Oregon now, this story hits me where I live because it's a black woman and she's a business owner. And her shop, she sells wigs, has been vandalized. She thinks it's racially motivated and so do I. Trelise Lewis is the owner of Callie's Custom Hat Wigs. And this sister has celebrity clients, including comedian Lunell. Lewis sells wigs for people suffering from medical issues and struggling with self-esteem. She founded the business in 2020 as an ode to her late mother, Callie, who was a hospice nurse for more than three decades. It's also an ode to her daughter, whom she lost during pregnancy. Lewis said, the pink represents my daughter, and I always do something purple in honor of my mom because my mom always wore purple. She always wore a purple lip and it represents royalty. According to Lewis, someone has been using spray paint to deface her logo and the words on her signs. She says, the person who was vandalizing my store recorded himself doing it. I don't know if he was on live or what platform he put that on. The only reason he stopped spraying is because he ran out of paint. She said someone even rubbed feces on poles outside her store to prevent her from displaying signs to bring awareness for her store. Rubbing feces. Now, hmm where have I heard that before? Oh, yes. January 6th, when they rubbed feces on the walls of the Capitol. Lewis says they've taken to Facebook community groups saying that my store is only for Black people and that they need to bring up discrimination and segregation. It's just too stressful. This is what gets on my damn nerves. Black people have been told for decades, get out of our country, get out of our neighborhoods, go do your own thing. And when they do, this is the shit, literally, that happens. This is exactly what was done to the citizens of Black Wall Street and Rosewood. They had their businesses vandalized and burned to the ground. And here it is, because some ignorant racist POS, I'm trying not to cuss on this podcast, takes issue with her having a Black-owned business She now has anxiety and nightmares and has to take mental health days to deal with the stress. It's not right. On top of that, financially, she has to cover the damages of what this person is doing. Her GoFundMe says help recover loss from vandalism. Now, her goal was $3,000 and she's raised over $3,100. But you guys, if you can donate, please keep doing it. Her business is Callie's Custom Hat Wigs. No one should have to deal with this bullshit. We're allowed to have black-owned businesses. We're allowed to have black-owned businesses specifically for black people. I don't see an issue with that. That is not discrimination, nor is it segregation. And if you hate black people, isn't the argument of segregation weak? Until the laws started changing, black people had to deal with segregation. And we were expected to. This woman isn't segregating anyone. She has a business and she's trying to do good in her community. And she should be allowed to. I hope this person is caught. Here's what the police say. They will follow the evidence in an attempt to identify a suspect and determine if this was a biased crime. This is why most people don't trust the police. Lewis said, I stepped out on faith and opened my store to help my community and to help people who were dealing with hair loss and to help build confidence because that's what wigs did for me and for people who are dealing with alopecia and cancer. That story resonates with me. I also stepped out on faith in 2020 and opened my business, 21 Blue Lash to advocate for my daughter and mental health. Whoever is doing this to this woman, I guarantee you they have done nothing for their community. They don't care about other people. It's always the lowest on the totem pole, the bottom feeders of this country that bother other people, whine about imaginary reverse racism, which there is no such thing, by the way. It just makes me sick. In the last episode, I said, black and brown people can't even go to the store and be left alone. And it appears they can't play soccer either without being subjected to racism. Now, it's no secret to me that Italy is racist. And when it comes to soccer, Napoli has been incompetent for 30 years. It took a 24-year-old striker Victor O'Simon to help them win their first Serie A title in 30 years. And the moment he didn't come through for them, they turned on him. This happened last week on racist TikTok, of course. O'Simon's own club posted a series of racist videos that mocked and insulted him. The first video, which they deleted, Referred to O Simon as a coconut. Now, this is racist and very derogatory towards people of African descent. And if you didn't know, now you know. But guess who knew? Napoli. They tried to backtrack and say they were only referring to what O Simon said when he called himself a coconut head in an old tweet. Uh-uh. Then they posted a second video that had a creepy, sped up voice, and I watched it. The voice said, Victor, 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 you missed the penalty. You are bad, very bad. You're not a champion. You are a loser. You are a coconut. And of course, Napoli was dragged for bullying and trying to humiliate O'Simon for his performance and repeating the racist slur. Of coconut. His agent, Roberto Calenda, posted on X, which is formerly known as Twitter, what happened today on Napoli's official profile on the TikTok platform is not acceptable. He also said they reserved the right to take legal action. Napoli, like the cowards they are, came back with a chuckle, chuckle, come on, guys, we were just having fun. Here's what they said. They never wanted to offend or mock O'Simon, who is a treasure of this club. They also said they rejected every offer for his transfer abroad during the summer. Here's what got me going. They said, social media, especially TikTok, has always used an expressive form of language with a light heart and creativity without intending to insult or deride anyone. In any case, if Victor perceived any offense towards him, this is not what the club intended. What they mean is people can say racist shit on TikTok and get away with it so they thought they could do it too. They never apologized to Osimon. It's definitely a form of gaslighting because they basically said to this man, we were only joking with you. What's interesting to me is Osimon said before he joined this team, who hasn't won in 30 years before him, said that he had concerns about racism in Italy before joining Napoli. In an interview, he said, I am not going to lie about it. I had doubts because I used to hear stories about racism in Italy. And the stories were true. Yeah, this statement is definitely gaslighting because they're saying, well, if you took it that way, that's not how we meant it never gave this man an apology. Although his agent spoke about taking legal action, Simon says he's put it behind him. Just imagine how this experience has affected this man's mental health, his dignity, and his career. Do I think anyone will be held accountable? No. This young man joined their team and made them champions. They should be kissing the ground he walks on. Instead, they unleash their disgusting bigotry upon him. If I were him, I'd go to another team. Let them lose for another 30 years. This is what black and brown people have to deal with. I've already told you how I feel about social media, especially TikTok, so I'm not even going to go there. But I'm glad Napoli was called out for their bull. The ugliness of what they did. The twisted, hateful, racist way they mocked him in front of the entire world should never be forgotten. Well, Victor, we wish you all the best here in the States. And I do hope you get away from that racist, hateful team. And I'm out of time. If you were enlightened by today's episode, feel free to follow me on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Samsung, or wherever you listen from. Be easy. I will be back with more stories. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. And as always, God bless.